ولم ترى عينوك في الدنيا مثل سما وتجري من تحتها بسم الله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Thank you for joining us on yet another episode of Pure Masculinity and I am your host Abdul Kabir. In today's episode inshallah I want to remind myself and the rest of our brothers about the fact that as Muslims we should not lose hope especially with the ongoing in Palestine and things like that. It's been over three months now since uh, Israel has attacked Palestine and a lot of people have been killed and a lot of Muslims are asking the question where is Allah in all of this? When will victory happen and I want to relate to us a scenario that occurred during the lifetime of Prophet which we can learn from which is lessons from the Treaty of Al-Hudaybiyah. So we'll get started inshallah by making reference to this verse of the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was telling us in Surah Al-Fati but Allah says إِنَّ فَتَحْنَا لَكَ فَتْعًا مُبِينًا لِيَغْفِرَ لَكَ اللَّهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِكَ وَمَا تَأَخَرَ وَيُتِيمَ نِئْمَتَهُ عَلَيْكَ وَيَحْدِيَكَ سِرَاتًا مُسْتَكِيمًا وَيَنْسُرَكَ اللَّهُ نَسْرًا عَزِيزًا Allah was saying in those beautiful verses, in the first three verses of Surah Al-Fati, uh, Allah says, Surely we have given you a manifest victory. Allah is referring to the Prophet ﷺ. And then he says, That Allah may forgive you of your sins in the past and that of the future. And he will complete his blessings upon you and guide you to the straight path. And that Allah will help you with a mighty help. Allahu Akbar Kabiran. So these verses were revealed to the Prophet ﷺ after Al Hudaybiyah. And one of the best stories in the Sirah of the Messenger ﷺ is this story of Al Hudaybiyah, which gave hope to the Ummah. And they, subhanAllah, they are golden nuggets. It's an event that redefined history for Muslims, right? It's an inspiration for Muslims to have deep thoughts about. The sad reality is that a lot of us as Muslims, we don't even know our history. We don't follow the Sirah. We don't learn from the past. We have a very rich history, but little lessons do we take from it. So I'll go deeply, inshallah, into the story. And at the end of the day, I will extract some lessons and would also relate it to what is ongoing in Palestine today, right? So, after the treaty has been signed by the Muslims and the Qurayshi representative, the Muslims were returning back to Medina. Then Allah revealed these beautiful verses of Surah Al-Fatih, right? In that chapter were ordeals of the occurrences and the words of assurance which Allah SWT gave to the Prophet about an imminent victory for the Muslims. And indeed, Allah SWT was true to his words. So if Allah SWT was true to his words yesterday, his promise will not change today, nor will it change in the future. So this is one thing which we need to bear in mind. So what happened at Al-Hudaybiyah? While the Muslims were still in Medina, the Prophet had seen in a dream that he went into Mecca, he was circumambulating the Kaaba, doing Tawaf, meaning he was doing Umrah, right? So he was in Ihram and he was circumambulating the Kaaba, doing Tawaf. 
Then he narrated this dream to his companions, and with ecstasy they marched forth, preparing themselves towards the land of Mecca for Umrah. Right, and Umrah is a lesser pilgrimage; it's not Hajj. So on their way, they were interjected by the Qureshi people because the Qureshi people had that Muhammad sallallahu was coming with an army uh, strong. They thought they were coming to invade Mecca, but they were not. So the Qureshi people stopped them and they denied them access into Mecca and asked them to turn back and come back the next year. So the messenger sallallahu chose one of the companions, a noble from amongst them, Uthman ibn Affan, the Nurayn, anhu, may Allah be pleased with him. Prophet sent him to the people of Quraysh as an emissary to tell them that the Muslims are not coming here for a war. We're not coming to fight with you. We're on a peaceful mission. We just want to perform Umrah. Allow us to do the tawaf around the Kaaba. And Usman ibn Affan who got there, he told them this is the mission of the Prophet and then they detained him and they asked him, if you want to do tawaf, do tawaf since you are already here in the sanctuary but you and muhammad and the rest of the muslims will not allow you come into makkah right look there is a lesson for us to learn from this uthman ibn afan had that opportunity to do the tawaf but what did he do he rejected claiming that he would only do the tawaf behind the messenger sallallahu and the rest of the muslims look at how beautiful that is he did not push himself forth before the messenger sallallahu this is one lesson for us to learn that we do not push ourselves forth before allah and the messenger so he rejected and um, this led the pagan Arabs to say okay since Usman did not agree to their terms he will not do the tawaf and you will not go back and tell the Muslims that this is what they have concluded on they asked one of their own representative in person of Suhail bin Amr who later became a Muslim they sent him to go and negotiate a truce between the Muslims and the Qureshi people so it was this consequence that led to the well-known treaty of Udaibiya, right? So it was so apparent that the contents of this treaty did not favor the Muslims. The Muslims were marginalized in this treaty. They said if anybody accepts Islam, uh, they should send him back to Mecca. If any Muslim wants to turn up or say they should allow them to come back to uh, Mecca, right? But, you know, the, the, it was imbalanced. So as dodgy as the treaty was, uh, it was a blessing in disguise for the Muslims, right? It was after that the Muslims thought that they had been, it was after that the Muslims saw that they were not defeated, that it was really uh, a, a, a kind of, it was really a source of relief and hope and victory for them. So now let's imagine a few things that uh relates this to palestine right for over 70 years the zionist nation have stolen the land of palestine from the original owners which are the palestinians the people of gaza right they keep oppressing them they keep bombarding them they starve them they deny them power water and so many basic things of life if not by the help of allah and the sign of manifest victory the people would have been annihilated but for over 70 years as they've been doing these atrocities the people of gaza have been resistance they did not die they did not um, get wiped out as they intend to carry out an ethnic cleansing right Allah instilled tranquility in their hearts and they became resilient and every time they resist every time they come back right they pray like we pray they fast like we fast they never give up their hope in Allah subhanallah and it is interesting to the point that even the 
people of Gaza are teaching us about Tawakul. You will see somebody who has lost his wife, he has lost his children. Yeah, what do they say? Inna lillahi wa inna They feel bad, but they accept that this is from Allah. They did not run away from their lands. Subhanallah. And with all the Zionist army, with their tanks and their missiles, the people of Palestine only have Allah. And what an excellent protector, what an excellent Mawla is Allah. So they truly believe that to Allah belongs, belongs the soldiers of the heavens and the earth. They truly believe that victory only comes with Allah. And they know that victory does not come in you just killing and annihilating them or destroying their properties. SubhanAllah. So now let's rewind back to Al-Hudaybiyah and see a very interesting scenario that occurred between Umar and the Prophet Before that even, what happened was when they were having that agreement, and this is another lesson for us to learn, how excellent the Messenger of Allah is. While this agreement was being written between Suhail bin Amr and the Prophet Ali radiallahu was a scribe and he was the one writing the agreement. So it was stated that this is an agreement between Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah, and Suhail bin Amr, the representative of the people of Quraysh. And Suhail objected. He said, if you were the Messenger of Allah, we will not fight you. Subhanallah. So he said, if you were the messenger of Allah, we will not fight you. So he raised that. Ali radiallahu said, I'm not going to raise that because I believe he is the messenger of Allah sallallahu Look at our messenger sallallahu So beautiful. He asked Ali radiallahu to erase it. But Ali said he wouldn't because he believes he's the messenger of Allah sallallahu Allah's apostle sallallahu because he was unlettered, he couldn't read and write. He asked Ali, where is Muhammad Rasulullah written? And he showed him and the Prophet sallallahu wiped it off with his own hands. Did that change him from being the messenger of Allah? So this is the lesson there is a huge lesson for us to learn from that as muslims it's not every time that you must have your way the hard way right it doesn't change you being a muslim it doesn't change him being the messenger of allah so that's a huge lesson for us to learn now let's rewind back to Hudaybiyah. like i was saying there was a very interesting scenario that occurred between umar and the prophet right we all know Umar. Umar is a man of truth, a man of valor, a man of great confidence, right? So because the treaty was not favorable to the Muslims, what did Umar do? Umar was confused as to why the Prophet ﷺ would agree to such a treaty and sign it. And he knew pretty well that the contents of this was not in favor of the Muslims. So he went to meet the Prophet ﷺ and he told him, he said, I never doubted my Islam except on this day. And he was giving this narration himself. So he said he came to the Prophet ﷺ and asked him, Oh Messenger of Allah ﷺ, are you not truly the Messenger of Allah? Prophet ﷺ said, Yes, indeed I am. Right? And then Umar asked him that is our cause not the just cause and the enemies are the ones unjust? Prophet ﷺ said yes. And Umar went further and told the Messenger of Allah ﷺ, then why should we be humiliated in our religion? Subhanallah. So don't look at it that the people of Palestine have been humiliated. No! They are not. Allah is taking shuhada amongst them. Allah is purifying them and sanctifying them and forgiving them of their shortcomings. Subhanallah. Allah selectively chooses amongst them those whom he wants to be amongst the martyrs. Even the people of Palestine themselves, they say it, that amongst the people who die, you will see that they are from noble families. Subhanallah. So Umar said, then why are we being humiliated in our religion? And then the messenger وسلم, said, I am the messenger of Allah. I do not disobey him and he will make me victorious. Then Umar ibn al-Khattab went further and he asked him, Did you not tell us that we will go into the Kaaba and perform the tawaf around it? And the Prophet said, Yes, I did tell you that. You will visit the Kaaba, but I did not say this year. Subhanallah. So then Umar replied. He, he said, Okay, yes, you did not say this year. So 
the protest awesome. then reassured him said we will visit the uh, the, the kaaba we'll perform tawaf around it and this is an authentic hadith in soya al-bukhari right so if we look at this encounter it's similar with what muslims might be facing in today as well we see a lot of gory images that affects our day sometimes you can't even fathom why would a child be killed and the israeli soldiers are so proud of this they even come out trigger happy they tell you they are targeting women and children they tell you they want to kill babies subhanallah and sometimes when you see these scenarios it sets you in an emotional mood that creates anger and sadness in you at the same time subhanallah but it's hard to even see that some Muslims would feel like the Palestinian people cursed this upon themselves. But we forget that this is a holy land that hosts the third most sacred masjid in the world. So the Palestinian people are defending Islam. They are defending the light of uh, the right of Islam. They are defending an Islamic heritage. Masjid al-Aqsa was the first Qibla of the Muslim. It was this same masjid that the Prophet led prayers for other prophets before he ascended into the heavens. So this is our collective responsibility that they are doing on our behalf subhanallah so some of us begin to question at this point that is allah not there for us why is allah letting these things happen to the palestinian people why is allah letting a lot of sufferings and bloodshed right didn't allah promise us that he's going to be there for us that we shall become triumphant against our enemies well i'd like to remind us for us to be able to balance this a way in which we can understand this and balance it and know that some things are not within our means we can only do our best is by accepting the qadr of allah with four rationales number one is to know that allah's knowledge of things is perfect he knows everything so his knowledge of things is perfect number two is to note that allah is just and fair in his execution there is nothing that allah does that is bad He's just and fair in his execution. Sometimes Allah delays the punishment of the mujrimun, the evildoers, of the corrupt people. Allah delays their punishment for them. He allows them, he gives them respite to enjoy life, to continue to oppress. But by the time he will grab them, subhanallah, they will not escape. You remember Fir'aun, the story of Fir'aun. Fir'aun was a tyrant. He did all sorts of atrocities. And when he was about to die, he thought he could repent back to Allah. But Allah did not let him. Allah did not take his repentance because Allah has promised that he is going to be punished. Subhanallah. So the third rationale for us to understand and balance this is that Allah does as he wills. And no one has the right to question him. So understanding this will put your heart at peace. And finally, Allah is able to do all things. When Allah is ready to make the situation change, he will make it change with us or without us. With means or without means. So Allah is able to do all things. We need to understand this. Now, what are the lessons for us as Muslims from the people of Gaza? These things, these occurrences going on, what can we, that we are not in Gaza, what can we learn from them? Number one, it's important for us to learn that we should not lose hope. That victory is near, victory is imminent, and victory is not always in winning. Ibn Ajar al-Asqalani said in his famous book Fatal Bari, he said, No victory in Islam was greater than Al-Hudaybiyah. And in it, Allah granted the Muslims victory without raising a sword. So this tells us that war is not the end, for the sublime nature of Islam is peace. Whatever they would tell you, whatever they would say, Islam is a religion of peace. That's the truth about it. But Islam is not a fake religion that will tell you not to defend yourself when you 
you are being oppressed. Islam is not a religion that tells you slap me and then I turn the other cheek. No, you have a right to defend yourself, but do not transgress. So at the inception, the Prophet called people to Islam with good words and praiseworthy character. In return, what did he get? The pagan Arabs persecuted him. They persecuted the earliest generation of Muslims. They exiled them from their land. Mecca was their land. They had right to Mecca like everybody had too. He was a citizen of Mecca, but they chased him out of the land. They even wanted to kill him. Subhanallah. So Muslims today are in a very similar scenario such that we need to be steadfast. We need to be patient and we need to continue to propagate our deen. No matter the hardship which we are going through, know that victory is imminent. We can feel sorry for the people of Palestine, but we should know that Allah is granting them strength and Allah is helping them and the help of Allah is near. So we also have a path to play also by making dua for them, by donating generously to the campaigns of Gaza. If you see campaigns whereby people are trustworthy and they are raising funds for the people of Palestine, support it if you have the means. May Allah reward you abundantly. The next point as well is to know that with patience, adversity turns to good. There is nothing that patience fall upon except that it is beautiful. So it's only that patience is one of the hardest virtues which only time can heal. The Muslims were first hit by conditions that were adverse during the treaty. By the end of the day, what happened? They were the ones who smiled. Allah granted them victory. So we often think that we can figure things out to work our own way, but we forget that Allah is the best of planners. So let's let Allah handle the situation and it will turn out to be the best for us. So have faith and be patient and believe in the beauty of your dreams and believe that Allah is able to do all things and believe that Allah will grant victory to the people of Palestine. This is the sunnah of Allah. This is in the sunnah of the message he has told us these things are going to be they are going to be happening towards the end of time the muslims will be persecuted nations will call themselves together with their allies to come and perch on the muslims like they come together to eat food subhanallah another lesson which we could derive for those of us not in gaza as muslims is that the muslims are nothing else but brothers the Muslims are nothing else but brothers. Allah told us in the Quran, Allah says, That the Muslims are nothing else but brothers. So make reconciliation amidst your brothers. So the brothers in Palestine, the brothers and sisters in Gaza, they are our brothers. Their pain is our pain. We should feel it like they are feeling it too. That's the reality. And that is why you saw Uthman ibn Affan anhu. When they asked him to do the tawaf, what did he do? He declined because he felt it was wrong and unjust for him to do the, the tawaf because it's just like him satisfying his own need and his want but he left the Prophet there and the rest of the Muslims at the outskirts of Mecca so he declined today we as Muslims too should have love for the Messenger we should have love for our brothers as well in one of the hadith of the Messenger he told us about the universal law of brotherhood whereby he mentioned he says Min no he said لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يؤب الأخي ما يحب لنفسي that none of you will believe until you love for your brother that which you love for yourself so love goodness for your brothers love goodness for the people of Palestine know that they are facing pain as they are facing pain feel that grief with them 
the believers are like a single body like the messenger so has explained to us he said if the head feels pain the rest of the body shares in the unrestness and the ache which the body goes through so these restlessness these pains of the people of palestine should be our headache too it should be our plight too so alhamdulillah we see a lot of muslims making dua fervently for their brothers in palestine may allah accept it show your support through charity as well join the boycotts the boycotts are making a difference you might think maybe just a cup of starbucks it doesn't make any difference but he does subhanallah i still checked the uh, yesterday i was just going through one of those uh, like a stock app and i saw the stock of starbucks was going down subhanallah so these boycotts also have an effect speak out against it don't care whose ox is god there's nothing anybody can do to you except what allah has decreed for you so sometimes we have this fear that we are being censored we have this fear that we'll be taken down we have these fears that our social media accounts will be blocked who cares social media will not take you to jannah a lot of times we even commit sins on these platforms and if you're not using social media to take you closer to allah or to earn rewards then you're just wasting your time a lot of people waste their times on their mobile devices so remove this fear of traitors or oppressors nobody can do anything to you except what Allah has decreed for you. So if anything happens to you, it has been decreed that Allah, by Allah that it will happen to you. So be a voice championing against this oppression. Speak against it. Encourage your Muslim brothers and sisters to stand firm. This is very important. As Muslims, we are brothers to each other. One, one of the few points which I will add as well as a lesson is that in the Messenger of Allah is the best example. Subhanallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us that that the best of example is seen in the messenger of Allah and whosoever hopes in meeting Allah and the last day should remember Allah much. This is in Surah Al-Ahzab, right? A night before Badr, what did the Prophet do? Allah's Apostle spent the whole night praying and weeping and asking Allah to grant him victory. Subhanallah. He was telling Allah that if these people are exterminated, nobody will worship you again on the earth. It is not that the Prophet did not know that Allah will grant him victory, but he did not sit down with his hands akimbo and say, Allah will send the angels. No, it's Allah's religion. Allah will defend it. No, it means we also have to make effort. We have to strive. We have to make dua. We have to do our best. So this we must do as well, not to relent in our dua. So don't think that Allah is not answering our dua. Allah is answering it. But the time is not ripe yet. Allah will do it when he is ready to do it. So this is an excellent example for us to learn from the Messenger Wasallam. Wake up for Qiyamul Layl and pray in the middle of the night. Alhamdulillah, we are in the winter days. We have shorter days and longer nights. Go to bed early and wake up at the last part of the night. Fast the days of Mondays and Thursdays and make dua to Allah in those days when you are breaking your fast. This is very important. Finally, we should not lose hope. We should know that the promise of Allah is true. We are all going through trials in our lives at some point. Only that the degree of variance isn't identical. Life is a fitna. The trial which I'm going through is different from that which Brother Abdullah is going through. Sister Amina's situation is different from that of Sister Rafia. So this is why it's very important for us to know that life is a fitna. And whatever challenge you are going through, you are not alone. Allah is with you. The way the people of Gaza are resilient and they know that Allah is with them, they have faith we should learn this from them as well our situation was not worse as that of the message the earliest generation of muslim our own situation many of us that are not in this war-driven zones is worse than is not as worse as those in palestine so if they could remain steadfast and put their trust in allah 
and they become successful, then what is wrong with us? Subhanallah, the people of Gaza are teaching us Iman. A lot of people are becoming Muslims through these scenarios. This ugly world that is going on. You see, people started reading the Quran. They started a Quran book club on TikTok. And from there, many people are becoming Muslims. Subhanallah. Many people are changing their stance. Many people are denouncing their alliance with Israel and, uh, and those so-called world superpowers. So this is very important for us. And Allah SWT told us in the Quran, He says, That you should not become weak against your enemies and you should not be sad. And you should know that you will be superior, you will be victorious if you are truly believers. This is very important. We ask Allah to grant us steadfastness, to increase us in goodness and piety, make us truthful servants of His, and grant the Muslims victory in this battle against their oppressors. So this is the brief reminder just to encourage you to be steadfast, to not lose hope and know that victory is eminent. Until next time, keep striving to be the best of you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. ولم تر عينك في الدنيا مثل سما وتجري من تحتي